Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you once again in that glorious, matchless, and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are so grateful to bring to you the ministry of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into part number five of the series entitled A New Life. It is subtitled The Blood Defense. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait until you hear the entire message, and I believe it's really going to bless you richly. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can subscribe to Kingdom Inspirations and get your inspiration on. I'm telling you, we're going to send you an email once a week or every, uh, every two weeks. It's going to be a blessing to you with encouraging words and videos. You don't want to miss it. Just go to kingdomrock.org and subscribe right there on the homepage. Look for Kingdom Inspirations. Well, without any further ado, here comes part number five of the series entitled A New Life. It is subtitled The Blood Defense, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Revelation 12 chapter, Revelation 12, and uh, we're going to... um, just do a little bit of recapping before we go back. I want to make sure that we get uh, some good understanding. I want to make sure that you get a good understanding because you're going to have to walk this thing through. You're going to have to walk it out. You have to walk it out. Keep in, keep in mind that the only reason that the only reason that the born again believer would live in defeat is if, well, a number of reasons. One would be laziness. We don't put the word of God into practice. Uh, two would be ignorance. We just don't know. We just don't know. But I find that if you're in enough pressure, if you're in enough stress, you'll cease to be lazy. And you'll seek out knowledge. You'll seek out knowledge. So ignorance will go out the door too. So it's, it's our duty. It's our responsibility to hear the word of God and put that in practice and live a victorious life here in the earth. Amen. Why do we say that? Well, Jesus is going to come again soon. Why should we live in victory? Well, I don't want to live in hell and then go to heaven. I want to go to heaven, but I don't, I don't have to live in hell right now. Remember the Lord Jesus told us to pray in the model prayer. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth or in earth as it is in heaven. Right? So I plan to live in heavenly places while I'm right here on the earth and bring heaven to every environment. Amen. That's our goal to bring heaven to every environment. I want to bring heaven to every environment. When people see you coming, you bring heaven. You bring the atmosphere of heaven with you. Isn't that wonderful? You bring the, you bring the rule and the reign of the king. You bring the kingdom of God with you. So when they impact you, when they touch you, they should be touching Jesus. When they hear you, they should be hearing Jesus. Hallelujah. Because you're so in love with him and you are so in oneness, so in a oneness with him that uh, it affects a change in the world all around you. Amen. The world doesn't need. Oh, yeah, I checked already. Uh, uh, There is a job description that's already full. They don't need it anymore. Did I tell you the job position? Hypocrite. So it's already full. So they don't need it. The world does not need any more hypocrites. It's already full. Praise the Lord. So it's time now to be saved, sanctified, and filled with God's Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Revelation 12, Revelation 12. 
And uh, of course, we we're, we put some scriptures on the screen for you to help maximize our time. But feel free at any moment to get your own Bible and read from it. Uh, but this will hopefully uh, free you up so that you can jot these scripture references down and make notes. Amen. All right, let's go again. Revelation 12, uh, verse 7 through 12. It says this. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought with his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the dragon was cast out. Um, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice say loud voice. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Why? For the accuser of our brethren is cast where? Down. down. He's cast down, which accuses them before our God day and night. Verse 11. And they overcame him. How? By the blood of the lamb. How? And by the word of their testimony, how? And they love not their lives unto death. Verse 12. Therefore, rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Hallelujah. Now, uh, this week we'll be speaking or today we'll be speaking uh, still in the series entitled A New Life. This would be part number five in that series. And today's subtitle is The Blood Defense. The Blood Defense. Now, as we said also on last week, that the blood of Jesus does speak when you hear when you hear the blood of Jesus. This does speak of your forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. It does speak of protection. It does speak. It does speak of healing, salvation and deliverance. And this is wonderful. But this is not the whole picture. There is another side to the blood. The blood of Jesus also was shed so that you and I could be brought back into right position, rank and authority with God. So that you and I could have a place in heaven. Let me read that again. Or say that again. The blood of Jesus was shed so that you and I can be or could be brought back into our right position, rank, and authority with God. Remember in the beginning, man had man had uh, authority with God, but we lost it. Lost it uh, through that tragedy of uh, taking the forbidding fruit, sinning against God. Man lost it, but through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we have now been restored to our rightful position, rank, and place with God. Hallelujah. For all those that have received him as their Lord and Savior. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. So that in effect makes us no longer victims, but victors. Hallelujah. All right. So again, let me just put the, the, put the nail here. Let me say this again, like we said last week, the blood was also shed so that you would have a place in God, a place in heaven. You have a place in heaven. Turn to your name and tell them you have a place in heaven. Tell somebody else you have a place in heaven. So I'm saying that 
If you are born of God, born again, if you are in Christ, if you've received Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life, that statement is truth. It is truth. Regardless of the circumstances or situation, that statement is truth. You have a place in heaven. Let's turn our Bibles now to Ephesians, or you look on the screen, Ephesians 2, verses 5 through 7. Ephesians 2, verses 5 through 7. And it says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye what? Saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places where? In Christ Jesus, that in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his, and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Remember, the devil lost his place. He lost his place. We've already read that. He has no more place. And through the grace of God, you, born again believer, has been granted a place. And remember, the Lord also told us that we should not give place to the devil. Don't give him a place. God said, I cast him out. He has no more place. He has no more authority. You don't give him authority. In other words, we should not share the authority that Christ gave with that Christ gave to us. You should not share it with the devil. You should not give him honor. Now, what many do, I don't want to say many, what some do, some that have been given authority by Christ, some actual born in believers. Uh, you hear me, Cynthia? Right? You hear me? This is what some people do. Not y'all, but I'm just saying. I'm going to call your name, all your names out after a while. What some people do is they will give glory and honor to the devil through their conversation. And when you give him honor, you're giving him a position. Are you hearing? I hear so many people, um, or I want to say some, but of course not all, but I hear some people saying, some born-again believers that have been given official authority by Christ give honor to the devil by saying, oh, the devil's in my car this week. That old devil, he keeps putting stuff on me. That old devil's in my pocketbook. That old devil, you know that old devil, brother. You know that old devil, he's always on my back. He's always in my foot, my bunion. Oh, he's always in my elbow. He's in my knee. Uh, he's in my knee. He's in my ear. That old devil, devil, devil. What, what's happening? We're giving glory and honor you hearing me? You're giving glory and honor and you're giving him a place. The only, the, the only really righteous way uh, to speak about the enemy is how he is under your feet. How you have conquered him. How you have overcome him. Are you hearing? So please say your neighbor, don't give the enemy a place. All right, so God has granted you official authority. He has granted you official authority. Amen. All right, so let's talk about the blood defense. Today we're going to I'm going to walk you through some areas. We're going to walk you through. Walk you through some areas. Now, we've been talking about how uh really many things in the Bible as we talked about here in Revelation is it talks about a courtroom experience. Courtroom experience. So when I talk to you about a courtroom, I'm talking about uh, your time of appearance in prayer and how you will defend yourself 
when you go through troubled times and hard situations, when you are struggling. Anybody know about struggling? When you really feel as though you are under a hard attack. What are you going to say and how are you going to defend yourself? To understand something, the spirit realm, the spirit world is real. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, it's more real than the natural world. Because the natural world, this this world that we think is real, came out of the spirit. The spirit realm was first. God from the spirit spoke the natural. Whatever was first has to be the more real. Okay? So when someone says I'm under a spiritual attack, we don't take that lightly because that attack can influence and does influence this natural realm. Just because you can't see it or feel it does not mean that it is not real. Okay. So again, what will you say or how will you defend yourself when you're in court? When your accuser comes after you again and again and again. Now, let me depart just for a moment and let me tell you, you'll hear the accuser uh, coming after you because you'll hear the same words coming out of the same mouths or different mouths. One person over here can say this about you, but then someone else that's completely unrelated uh, it could be the same week or a years later, or months later can say the exact same thing about you. And it goes over and over and over. Well, that's an active case. That's the enemy. Really what they're saying are echoes of what's going on in heaven. The, how the enemy is accusing you before God by using that same old stuff. And those persons, unknowingly, I'm sure, are allowing the enemy to speak through them to bring that message to you. These same old things. And these same old things you'll find are the things that the devil is using to keep you out of the blessings of God for your life. So in one regard, the devil uses them to discourage you. But in the other regard, if you hear their whisperings, now you know what to defend. Now you know what to defend from. Now you know what to cast down. Are you hearing? If you continuously hear uh, words of you're no good, you're, you're no good, you're, you're unworthy, you're no good, you're unworthy, you're no good, you're unworthy. You continuously hear that over and over from different sources, from different sources. Well, those are the missiles, if you will, or the arrows, the fiery darts that are being thrown at you. Those are thought, those are darts that are thrown at you in the spirit and you're hearing them naturally. So some get discouraged by that. But I'm telling you, instead of getting discouraged by that, see for what it is. I see that is the attack of the enemy. Those are the darts of the enemy. And I see it land in me. I feel the pain of it. Now I know where and how to defend myself. So I will speak words that are now contrary to that. And it will strike that attack and it will fall down. You fortify yourself in that area. If you know you're in a boxing ring and if you know your opponent always hits you on the left side, pow, pow, pow. Sooner or later, you can have to bob and weave. 
You fortify yourself on that side. Amen. Amen. Get fortified. Tell your, tell your neighbor, get fortified. All right. So what we're going to be talking about today, the blood defense is how you're going to answer when you are accused, how you're going to answer when you are accused so that your life can move forward. Hallelujah. Now, again, the things that the enemy can be accusing you of are things that you are doing or things that you have done or even things that have been done through your bloodline. These are all unrepented sins throughout the lineage. And he can bring all those things up before God in an effort to hinder your reception of a, of a blessing. And we're going to talk more in particular about that. So when you're in that courtroom setting or when you're in your time of struggle, I want you to remember two words. One word is accuser. Now, there's some words that I've given you in the series. I'm going to continue to give you, give you those today. I'm going to add to some definitions that you already have. So get ready for more definition. It's going to help you as well. I want you to think of two words here again, accuser and overcame. Accuser means in its simplest form here, one who accuses you before a judge or one who speaks against you in court. Accuser, one who speaks against you in court. The word overcame means to conquer. But more specifically, it means to conquer uh, when one or to, to carry off the victory when one is arraigned or goes to law to win the case, to maintain one's cause. So to conquer, in essence, means to win the case, to be a victor, to be a conqueror, to win the case. Again, think about the courtroom experience. Here's a devil accusing you before God, and God is the judge before God. God is the judge, and he's accusing, but we're going to be victorious. We're going to win the case as we use the three areas that God has given us. And I'll go back over those one more time, just a moment. But notice as well, what is hanging in the balance. Verse number 10, Revelation 12, 10 tells us what's hanging in the balance. Remember, uh, the Bible says, now is come salvation. Say now. That means it has, it has already been released. It has already been released. Now is come salvation and strength. Say with me, salvation has been released to me. Strength has been released to me. The kingdom of God has been released to me. The power of Christ has been released to me. All of these are true when you as the believer cast the devil down. Are you hearing? You're going to receive this. You're going to receive, again, the salvation of the Lord. That is deliverance in any area where you are held in captivity. You're going to receive the strength of God. That is, you receive the ability to do wherever you are weak. You receive the kingdom of God. That is the resources and the order and the structure of the kingdom of God in your life. And you receive the power or the might of Christ or the authority of Christ. To do kingdom business, to operate in this world, you're going to need his power. You're going to need his might. All these things are true. They have already been released to you. 
They've already been, re- they've already been released to Courtney. Praise the Lord. You can put your name in there. I told you I'm going to get around all of you. They've already been released to you. You hearing me? Already been released to Taylor and Naomi. They've already been released to Junior. Already been released. Hallelujah. Already been released to you. You've just got to receive it now. Are you hearing? Now, again, I am what I'm contending with you today is that the blessings of God in your life are not automatic. The blessings are not automatic. Yes, it is God's will for you to have a thing. And I believe that in many cases, God has already released it to you. But say, but when God, yeah, that's a big, but isn't it? We'll stop. We'll, we'll hold it right there. But when God says yes, and you waited an appropriate amount of time and you still don't have it, it's time to go to court. It's time to go to court because again, there is someone that stands to hold up that blessing, to hinder that blessing uh, from getting to you. He's at a block it. And that's the accuser. That's the enemy. You're in a spiritual warfare, even in a natural war. If you can cut off the enemy's supply, he will eventually die. Star. If he can't get any more ammo, he's shooting at you and shooting at you. And if you cut off his ammo supply, he can no longer shoot at you. If you cut off the food and water to the troops, well, they'll die of starvation. They get weak and they'll die. If he can cut you off, that's a tactic of warfare. If he can cut you off, many will lose hope and fall away. So that's why you got to get up from the foxhole and attack him. So that your supply line, so that your supply line can be restored. Amen. All right. So your adversary is the one who opposes you, and he he is also against you. Here again in Revelation twelve, he is called the accuser. Now understand something. Let's take it back in the courtroom. The accuser is also known in the modern day courtroom is, is called the prosecutor. So the the accuser or the prosecutor's strength, his strength and power comes from his knowledge of the laws that you have broken of the laws that you have broken. In other words, we can say of his knowledge of the sins that you've committed. If he knows you've committed sins, your sins or those or those in your bloodline, he can bring these up before the judge and hold up again, hold up the reception of blessings. The devil can do nothing about God releasing a blessing to you. You can pray and the word will go through and the blessing can be released. We gave the example uh, last week about uh, ordering packages online. And so many words as you're on the keyboard, you put your credit card information in and there's money in your account. Praise Jesus. And you hit order. Now the factory goes to work and the package is uh, whatever you order this package, it is labeled and it is shipped. Okay. Just like you, when you're in prayer, God, hears your prayer. It's in line with this will for your life. It is packaged and it is shipped. But if we're still waiting, if we're tracking our package in prayer, believing God that we should have received it by now. And if we still don't have it, then it's time again to go to court, go to find out what happened to my package. Was it delivered somewhere else? You know, what happened to my package? Was there, uh, was there an accident on 78 or 285? What happened to it? We then, then go to investigation mode. But here again, 
far too many or far. I don't want to say too many. Lord, help me. Some, instead of questioning and going before God about the matter, will just throw up their hands and say, well, I guess I'm not supposed to have it. They won't go into investigation mode as to see what happened to it. Why don't I have it? That's what you need to do. Go into investigation mode. Why didn't this work? Why don't I have it? I know what I prayed. You you may say, I know what I prayed is in the will of God for my life. And I should possess this now. I should have this now. Why don't I have it? And as you pray, the Lord will give you, uh, he'll give you witness that it's released. But in many cases, it's been held up by the accuser. So we're going to, I'm going to show you today by the power of the spirit, how to cast the enemy down so that your packages can come on through. Does that make sense to you? All right. So again, the enemy cannot stop you. He cannot stop, cannot stop God from releasing the blessing, but he can hinder you from receiving what is, what has been released. Does that make sense? Jeremiah, that makes sense. All right. So let's go on a little bit further. So we know the enemy's power, his power and authority is wrapped up in in his knowledge of what you've done. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's his power base. He looks up the record. That's his power base. So when you deal with his power base, you'll also deal with him. Does, Does that make sense? All right. Now, there are three methods that the Lord has given us uh, to defend ourselves. There are three, but they actually uh, actually work as one. He's given us the blood. Now, this is in verse 11. He's given us the blood, the testimony, not loving our lives unto death. All right. We're going to go through these again. I want you to get this. Y'all with me today? The blood I'm going to add to your definitions now. The blood is the official work of God for man's redemption, restoration, and healing. The blood is the official work of God for man's redemption, restoration, and healing. One more time. The blood is the official work of God for man's redemption, restoration, and healing. In other words, this is how God is making you right with him through the blood. Are you hearing me through the blood, the testimony, the testimony is what one testifies before a judge. Keep it in the courtroom setting. Uh, This is, this is the word that has impacted your life and through conviction and through application, you've seen the proof of it. Think of it for a moment. When they launch a new product, uh, what they want to do is get testimonials. If a new restaurant comes out, they want you to um, tell them how the food was so they can put, so they can write a review. They say so and so said our meatballs were so good it make you want to slap your mama <laughs> or what have you. These meatballs were so good. The salad was so good. They jumped up and shouted. They want to do that so that when other people read it, they'll want to come too. Right. So they went in and experienced the food and now they can testify of how it was. Right. All right. So when you're giving testimony, you are really testifying about what the blood has done for you, how God saved you, how he delivered you. Your testimony uh, is about the word of God, how you worked it out, how it has lived through you, how you have experienced it. 
You're testifying about the validity of the blood in your life. Are you hearing? All right. And last, they love not their lives unto death. This is your posture or, or the stance of a believer. They have, we have a passion for Christ that says, I love Jesus more than anything or anyone else. You're saying these words with conviction, with faith, with confidence in your speaking. All these are three that they're different, but they act as one. The blood acts like the head of the spear. The testimony is the rod that the spear, that the um, head of the spear is connected to. And your passion for Christ, not loving your life on the death, that's really the way you hold the javelin back. So your spear is tipped with the blood and the stick or the rod. Well, that's your testimony and how hard you throw that thing. That's your passion for Christ. Does that make sense to you? These three work as one and you rear back and you get ready to throw. Now throwing this, throwing this, and let me make this clear once again. So the blood is like the head of the spear. The, uh, the testimony is the rod. You're testifying about what the blood has done about how God saved you, healed you and delivered you. All right. Not loving your life unto death. It's the passion at which you launch those words out. Now you're going to do while you're in the courtroom or while you're in your moment of danger, while you're in your moment of struggle, you're going to do what's called declare the decree, declare the decree. Say with me, declare the decree. When you declare the decree, it's like you launching that spear from your hand through it, throwing it at your enemy. Okay, a spear is no good or we can say a bow and arrow is no good. Even a gun is no good unless it is fired. You are going to fire. The enemy is using words against you. He's using words against you. You're going to fight words with words. Words are so powerful. Now, the enemy knows this. The devil knows this. Words are so powerful that by words, God formed everything. Everything was formed by a word. And so the enemy uses words. He understands the power of words. So he will launch words at you. You've heard the, the, the saying that says uh, sticks and stones may break bones, but your words will never hurt me. Well, we know that's a lie. Words can hurt and they can cut deeper than a stick or a stone. Some words can be launched at you and uh, they can hurt so bad that you wish they had just hit you with a stick or a stone. The pain would last a whole lot shorter. Word, I mean, the, the hitting by a stone, getting hit by a stone or a stick and it heals up not to, you know, heals up in a relatively short time. But words can last a long time, years, 10, 20, 30 years. A, an evil word that was spoken against you. So the enemy knows the power of words and he launches words against you and I, and you're going to have to use words back at him in order to defeat him. So if you say, I'm so out of it, I can't even speak. You've already lost. You're going to have to be able to use words and using these words, we're calling it declare the decree, say declare 
the decree. Turn to your name and tell them, you must declare the decree. Now, let me help you out. When I say declare the decree, this is what I mean. The word declare means to say something in a strong and confident way. In a strong and confident way. To say something in a strong and confident way. Okay? That makes a difference. If I tell you, get out now, don't come back. Or if I say that in a strong and confident way, which I don't want to say right now, but you know what I'm saying? If I say it in a strong and confident way, it gives a completely different message. Right? So it's not always your volume. It's how you say it. The confidence, the fire within your soul as you say it. Remember, we talked about not loving your lives to the death. Talks about the passion the passion because you have experienced the word of God that is your testimony you've experienced the blood you know what God did for you you know how he saved you you've experienced his word you've seen God work in your life and so now you can passionately say you can passionately launch you can passionately declare this is what the Lord is saying so again to declare means to say something in a strong and confident way A decree is an official order given by a person with power. An official order given by a person with power or by a government. To decree also means an official decision made by a court of law. An official decision made by a court of law. In short, while you are going through your struggle, You're going to boldly say what God has already ordered. You're going to boldly say what God has already ordered through his word and what he is ordering through his spirit. You're going to say what God says. You're going to say what God says. And because the enemy is so ferociously attacking you with the same things, you know exactly where to say it. You're not scattergunning, just trying to find it. No, you know where he's attacking you. So you're going to aim your words back in that same direction. Does that make sense? So let's go step by step. As we declare the decree, step by step, let me give you three things that you're going to do to get this devil off of you, to cast him down. Three things to do. The first thing you want to do, you can turn your Bibles to 1 John 1, 9. Some of you know it by heart. First John 1, 9. The first thing you're going to do, you're going to confess your sins and confess your sins and those of your bloodline. You're going to confess your sins. First John 1, 9 says, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Before you go before the judge, make sure you're clean. You got to be clean. You ask God for forgiveness. You confess your sins and confess those of your bloodline, those you don't, that you don't even know. God will show it to you. 
Confess your sins. Lord, confess, Lord, I've been wrong. Even as Isaiah said, Lord, I'm a man undone and I dwell among the, dwell amongst the people that are undone. I have unclean lips and I'm with the people of unclean lips. Lord, it's all around me. I confess it. It's in me. It's in my bloodline. I speak it now. Forgive us of this thing. So you're cleansing yourself. And also, Second um, Corinthians 10, 6 gives you another picture as well. And we're going to extract the truth from here. Notice how it says uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, 6, it says, and we will be ready to punish every act. This is out of the NIV. And we'll be ready to punish every act of disobedience when once your obedience is complete. You'll find the forces of heaven beginning to fight for you once you get right. Well, how do I get right? By confessing uh, your sins before the father. If you say you're going to wait to get right for you to do right. Oh, might as well. I don't know what's going to happen then. You can't wait to do right. You've got to confess the word of confess your sins before God and let him wash you and cleanse you. Once you're washed and cleansed, then you will begin to do right with the help of the spirit. Are you hearing me? You can't do right without the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. You cannot do right without the Holy Ghost. You don't know what right is without God. The Bible says that there is a way that seems good unto a man, but the end of it is destruction. We have no clue what good is without a good God. How is it possible for man to do good without God who is good? Are we trying to do good in, independently of God? No. The only way you're going to know what is good, the only way you're going to know what is right, is that you are led by the Spirit of God through His Word. So, you can't wait until you do right in order to be right. No, you've got to be right through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, then you can do right. Does that make sense? So, once you are clean, we're going to number two. Uh, go to uh, John 3, John 3, uh, 16, 16, 17. Once you are clean, once you go before God, you ask, you confess all your sins before him. And what you're actually doing when you're confessing, you're confessing that you're guilty. Think about it in the courtroom. You go before the judge. You say, I want to confess. I did it. What are you saying? You are confessing your guilt. And you are basically throwing yourself on the mercy of the court. I did it. I am guilty. I did it. I am guilty. Only when you admit your guilt can you receive a pardon. Can you receive forgiveness? So when you confess, you are saying, I'm guilty. I did it. I'm guilty. I did it. If you cannot confess that you're guilty, you did it. You can't be forgiven. Boy, it got mighty quiet in here. So you've got to make yourself vulnerable. We don't want to confess that we did it or that we're guilty because we don't want to be vulnerable. But God is faithful and he is just to forgive. He'll do it. But you've got to confess your guilt in the part in the party in the matter. Are you hearing now? Uh, John three sixteen and 17 tells you excellent things. Now, here's a, here are things. Now, this is part of the blood defense. This is what some things that you're going to going to decree. Okay, you can get a promise book and a promise book will tell you all the, you know, all the, all the Bible promises and sell them at the bookstore, what have you in uh, the different promises of God in different areas as it relates to sin, as it relates to healing, deliverance, all this stuff. Okay, 
But here, let me show you a few things here. John 3, uh, 16, 16, 17, very familiar. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that's right. But the world through him might be saved. If you look at the words, um, look at the words uh, gave and sent. That talks about the sacrificial gift. That talks actually about the blood. Because God gave his son giving, meaning to go through the process of crucifixion. Go through the process of being that, sacrifice, that sacrificial lamb. He sent his son to be the propitiation, to be the pleasing sacrifice, the pleasing offering. That talks about the blood. Are you hearing me? You make note of these words. He said he sent his son unto the world to condemn the world. Now, this is very strong. You've got to hear this. And we're getting ready to close in just a few minutes. Condemn means uh, it, it does mean to separate, uh, put, a, put asunder, to pick out, to be judged. But more particular, it means this. Condemn means uh, to be summoned to trial. Summoned to trial that one's case may be examined and judgment passed on you. Condemn is a process to be summoned in to be summoned to trial that one's case or in this case or your life may be examined and judgment passed. So when the Lord said he sent not his son, he sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. In other words, he said, I sent those obviously those who receive him as Lord and Savior. He said, I didn't send my son into the world to uh, take you through a condemnatory process. In other words, when the devil accuses you of something, you can say to him, according to John three 16, I'm not even supposed to be here in the first place because God did not send his son into the world to, to uh, have me to go through a condemning process where my life is examined and fault to be found. And then eventually be convicted. Jesus came into the world to deliver me from that courtroom experience. I'm not supposed to go through this courtroom experience. Does that make sense to you? You're not even supposed to be here. Uh, your honor, I, I move that this case be dismissed because according to John 3, 16, you didn't send your son into the world to have me in court. This thing is a sham, your honor. I shouldn't even be here today. He said that, uh, uh, he said, but that through him, we might be what saved the word saved means it does mean to be uh, safe and sound, but it also means to deliver from the penalties of the messianic judgment to deliver me from the penalties. So in short, we can say God would not allow any person who receives the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to be summoned to to summon to trial that their case or life may be examined and judgment passed upon them. And he will not allow at any time that they will um, rather that he will not allow at any time that they will be under judgment or penalty of the messianic judgment. Christ will not stand over you and condemn you to hell if you're in him. So condemnation is off of my life. Say with me, condemnation is off of my life. Now, let's look at Romans 8 because it says the same thing here in Romans 8 verses 1 and 2. Romans 8 says, there is therefore now, say now, 
there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Listen, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free. Say, I've been made free from the law of sin and death. You can't judge me, devil. You, you can't bring me to court because I'm no, long, no longer under that system of law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that enemy will try to bring you into court under a system of law that you no longer apply. I mean, I, I don't even apply here. I, this has nothing to do with me. I've been delivered from that system of law. Hallelujah. Are you hearing, are you hearing me? So I have no condemnation. Let's look a little further. Uh, if we look in, in Romans 5 verses 8 through 9. Rather, 8 and 9, it says this. For God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Look at verse 9. Much more than being now, say now, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him, from wrath through him. You are right now justified by the blood of Jesus. In other words, you have, your life has been made right. So the enemy comes to you with that sort of thing and say, you're in sin. No, I've been justified by the blood of Jesus. I am justified. I've been made right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so we're hurling these, hurling these spears or these darts or these words right back at the enemy. But because these words have official authority behind them, they strike the enemy and he falls down. The devil's words to you are kind of like spitballs. But you're firing back missiles and nuclear bombs. Boom, boom, boom. Now listen, the amount of impact that it has on the enemy is determined by your passion for the word. By how well you know that word. How well you've lived out that word. How well it is, how well it has gotten in you. Are you hearing? Remember, you're going to declare the decree. When these attacks come against you, you're going to say, no, no, no. I'm justified by his blood. I've been made right by the blood of Jesus. Let me show you a few more. First Peter four or first Peter two. You know this very well. Verse 24 and 25. First Peter two, verse 24 through 25. It says this, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were what? Healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Notice that Jesus bared your sins. He took your sins away from you and they were nailed to his body on the tree. It says, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. When Jesus hung on the cross, he took your sins with him. So the devil comes to you with all that stuff. You sin, you sin. What? Uh, you say, what sin? Jesus took my sins and it was nailed to him on the cross. He took them away from me. I no longer have them. Hallelujah. According to the word of God in first Peter, the second chapter, verse 24, Jesus took these words. He took those sins from me. Hallelujah. He bore them in his own body. Let's look at one more before we begin to close out today. Are you, are you still with me today? Colossians, the second chapter, Colossians, second chapter. Let's look at verses 12 through 15. It says this, buried with him in baptism, uh, wherein uh, also ye uh, are risen with him through, through the faith of the operation of God, 
who have raised him from the dead. That's very good. We'll get to that uh, another time. Verse 13. But you say you, me, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision, uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having what? Forgiven you all trespasses. That, that means he's forgiven you all of your sin. He's forgiven all your sins. Say, say with me, he's forgiven all my sins. Come on, say it. He's forgiven all my sins. See, here again, it goes to the passion of whether you believe that. Because the more you believe that, the more you can say it with passion. The more you can say it with authority. The stronger you can say it. Because if you don't believe it, you're not going to say it very, you're not going to say it with passion and authority. So that means when the spirit comes out your hand, it's just going to go a few inches and fall to the ground. But when you believe what you are saying, you can throw it with passion. You can say it with passion and it will land and it will hit the mark. Are you hearing me? Look at verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having uh, spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them open, open, uh, openly and triumphing over them uh, in it. In other words, that record of offenses that were against you, your rap sheet, the rap sheet that you had, everything that said uh, that that you sinned and all your sins. God said, I tore up that rap sheet. I took your rap sheet that was against you and I nailed it to the cross. I took it. God said, I took it completely out of the way. And this is one reason that devil does not want you in your Bible, does not want you in church so that you can't learn and receive what God said about you and then begin to declare that towards your enemy. Listen to that same verse. And I promise you we'll be closing just a second. Hallelujah. Closing number five. Colossians two verses 14, 15 out of the new, out of the uh, message Bible. Listen to how it reads. It says all sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean, that old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the uh, spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Hallelujah. So in effect, God saying they got nothing on you. They got nothing on you. God said, I did the work. They got nothing on you. But if you don't show up and declare it, that sham authority will rule over your life. You're going to have to declare the decree. Say declare the decree. And third, this is what you're going to do third. One, of course, you've admitted your sins. You've admitted your guilt. You've asked God to cleanse you and he has. He's washed you. Secondly, you are being armed by the word of God and you're declaring the decree, you're declaring what God has said about you toward the enemy. Hallelujah. People may say, you, what, what's wrong with you? You speaking, what's, you, nobody's around you. You see something wrong with you? No, I'm declaring the decree. I'm declaring who I am in God and what God has said about me. Hallelujah. People may stand outside my house saying, no, what's it? who's he yelling at in there? No, I'm not yelling at my children or my wife. I'm yelling at the devil. Hallelujah. I'm declaring the decree. And finally, this is the final thing you're going to do. You're going to proclaim the release of materials that are held up. Because now you have the right. You don't want to leave it right there. You want to declare the release of materials that have been held up.
So Matthew 18, 18 says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever uh, ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This has power and authority when God releases it first. So he has released it from heaven and you're declaring it released in the earth. You have to declare it released in the earth. Are you hearing? Bible declares in Psalm 84 verse 11, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. So you say, and according to that word, Lord, everything that I have that has been held up must be released. Lord, I move, I move right now, or I decree that everything that is held up for me, for my family be released according to your word. You told me what is loose in heaven must be loose in the earth. So I declare it released in the earth realm in the name of Jesus. I declare that no good thing will you withhold from me, Lord, as I walk upright, not in my own self, but in your blood, but by the the power of your righteousness, I walk upright. And last, First John 5, 14 through 15. It says this, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petition, another courtroom word, we have the petition that we have declared of, declared him from him. We have the petition. So what are we saying? To cast that devil down, you're going to have to go in and find the word of God that is contrary to what you've been hearing. Find the word of God that is contrary to what you've been experiencing. You've, if you've been experiencing war, well, then you're going to go into the word of God and declare that uh, the Lord has given you peace. And that I have no devil, I don't have war, but I have the peace of God that passes all understanding by Christ Jesus. If you're receiving words of uh, where you feel like you're being overwhelmed or overcome, say, no, no, no. Jesus says over. Jesus told me, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And you're launching that stuff right back out. You're meditating what he said. The more you read those scriptures and get them into you, the more confident you grow in those scriptures and the more power you have to throw it back at the enemy. And as you throw it back at him, it hits the mark and it falls down. And whatever he was holding up from you begins to be released from his hands. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus mighty name. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed today's message right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Don't forget to sign up for the Kingdom Inspirational Video Blog. We're going to sing you short inspirational clips that will bless you on a weekly basis. So sign up today right there at KingdomRock.org. That's www.KingdomRock.org. And if you're in the Bremen area, come on and stop by and visit us in a live service. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. Remember, Sunday morning is at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night starts at 7 o'clock. We'll be so glad to see you. Well, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. See you soon.